the uh the the attic that I currently live in. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> um it gets it gets hot. Uh, sure. Here. Heat rises. Yeah. Heat heat does rise and it's 57 degrees out uh side outside. Mhm. Um and I have a little oh, I hit my mic. I have a little um little magnetic temperature thingy, you know, thermostat, sure. but one that, <laughs> you, you know, will. can't can't do anything. Right. Um, can't change, can't change One anything. of them, they're pointless thermostats. Yeah. Um, and it's just hanging out on my lamp because it's metal, so it magnetized to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, it says it's currently 75, uh, in this room. Whoa. Um, yeah, r- r- reminder, 57 outside. Yeah. Um, 75 in here, which is not awful. 75 isn't, like, crazy. It's pretty crazy for inside a home, but... Um, it's like when you want to start turning on the AC, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but for the podcast, I had to turn off the window air conditioner that I have, uh, in addition to the central air, as well as the two fans that I leave running almost all day and all night. Wow. Um. So if you see me visibly sweating by the end of this podcast, I keep the zoom real small. I won't see you to see details. Okay, okay, okay. Do you, is there a chance that your thermostat is just dyslexic? No. Okay. No, I am. Are you really? Um. Yeah. I didn't know that. I also have dyscalculia. Is that what is? But that? I still no. got, that's just numbers. Numbers. Same thing. Oh, I numbers. guess I yeah. like put them. As they often are. Okay. They're, yeah, they're separate apparently, but yeah, I didn't I know that. Yeah. So sorry to have I... joked about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's funny. Um, really, I really uh, put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Boy, is there egg on my face? Maybe literally because I was just eating fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel nuts. <laughs> my eyes are watering so much, and I don't know why. <laughs> Does that happen to you often? <laughs> it does, but usually there's a cause. Usually it's just like, oh, I'm outside. And there's a slight breeze. Mm. Mm. But now it's just like I'm in my apartment and it's like, hey, <laughs> both eyes. Oh. <laughs> <Just>, uh. <laughs> okay. Um But so you're you're feeling crazy. You're feeling wild. You're feeling out there. And yeah. it's because of this movie. I mean, that's partially it. I'm also in the middle of moving three blocks away. So things are <laughs> generally manic. Things are crazy. Right I have a grocery cart. I have no car, but I have a grocery cart, and that's how I've been taking mm. stuff back and forth between apartments. Oh, okay, Not- but you do. You have both apartments right now available. Yeah. To you. Yes. That is nice. That is it when is we nice. when we were moving from the apartment to this house. It, that uh-huh. was a nice feature. For sure. It's nice, but it's also like um, sometimes I'll like I'll, I'll leave stuff one place and be like, "Where is that?" and then get mad, and <laughs> yeah. then be like, "Oh, it's because I left it." Yeah, right, right, right. Or like I thought FedEx didn't deliver my package, but they delivered it to the new place because I told them to, <laughs> and then I was real pissed. And you're like, "Where is it?" I was like, "Oh, you, it's delivered, really? Prove it." <laughs> and then it was just like sitting in my mailbox at the new place. Things, guys, things are nuts. Have we started the podcast? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's the show. <laughs> or are we're we here. just chatting? Because we're just, we're just getting into the the groove. You know what I mean? Ugh, because I'm really I'm only moving three blocks. 
which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> but it's also You know, at least you get to keep the cat. I hope so. That's the best I part. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm fine. closer to the... <laughs> I am now one block closer to the Starbucks. So You're moving three blocks, but somehow you've only moved one block closer to the Starbucks. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me, but I've never lived in a city, so I don't... Because because where where I'm at is like three blocks away. You know what I've actually... Huh. Yeah, where okay. <laughs> oh, it's like one where, step forward, two steps back kind of situation. Or yes. two steps forward, one step back. Right. I get yes, it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. That's exactly correct. Right. Cuz so, I get it. I figured it out. It's a slow move towards Starbucks. <laughs> You'll live oh, in the apartments no. above the Starbucks eventually. Oh, that's actually the dream. Those apartments no. are hard to get. Are they? Yeah. Like apartments above stuff. At least I never mm. find them. But also, Those are I've always never fun. lived above ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a basement girl. I'm a basement bitch. Yeah. Whew. It's getting warm in here, guys. <laughs> I'm in the basement. It's cold. Um. <laughs> oh, I feel like I've had like three glasses of wine. Like this is. I feel like a little. I I have not. <laughs> I've Mind had you. Chinese food and water that has uh, chlorophyll in it. Okay. Um, you just bring some I, leaves out into the. No, it's like a specific thing I bought, and I, you know, I'm very susceptible to consumerism, and I'm the problem. But <laughs> apparently, it's supposed a... to be good for your skin, mm. and um, also I like that it makes me. I like the taste. A little um, bit like grass. No, it's it tastes good. I almost always say chloroform though when I'm telling people about it, which mm-hmm. is different. Yeah, that's those are two different things. And when it, you right. tell people you're drinking chloroform, they give you a very upset look. Yeah, yeah. Consumerism at its Consumer- peak <laughs> would be <clears throat> just drinking chloroform to go to bed or something, or just t- doing like a little bit of it at a time to become. Mm. Like immune to it, yeah. So that I—that's the ultimate like paranoia. Like a spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this way, if anyone ever comes at me, <laughs> have we started the podcast? Yeah, now we have. Okay, great. Yeah, it's film schooled specifically. It's that podcast with you and me. <laughs> yeah, Tyler and Courtney. Yep. Oh, my eyes yeah. are watering so much. My head is watering. Ew. All right. It's sweat. Oh, freezing. Me neither. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, I thought going into this movie, which I had <laughs> already seen. Yeah. I thought after last week, after last week's craziness. You know what I mean promising young woman mm-hmm. <laughs> that this would be and and having it be a second viewing right i'd be like this is just gonna be a boring court case movie mm-hmm. you know i've already seen it i already know what's going down i already know the twists and turns it's also history so i could have learned it in school but i didn't yeah never had never heard know. about this 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we would have. I called my mom and I was like, how does a draft work? Um, <laughs> Crazy. If, if your birthday is on August 21st, fuck you. You're going to go die. Yeah, li- I literally, well, actually, it's my mom called me. There's a part in my notes where I just said, Jesse called. Because um, <laughs> I took the call and paused the movie and, and she wanted to talk about something. And I was like, how do drafts work? That's crazy, man. No one ever told me. And she was like, what is wrong with you? Anyway. I remember uh, when I turned 18, the the signing up for the draft being a, a thing I had to do. Because you're a Don't remember doing it. Guy. Um, yeah. But uh, in this movie, uh, just just now, uh, today, I learned that uh, the draft is from 18 to 24. So. Hey, congrats. I'm out of I'm out of the I'm out of the woods. You know, you know why I always think it's not that. I don't got to go die for oil anymore. Because I never, um, because I really boiled down a lot (laughs) into that sentence. Um, Because I never, to be fair, looked it up or really even thought about the age, but I always just assumed it was till you were like 60. Yeah, same. (laughs) And that, and you know why I'm realizing in this moment? It's because of Mulan. Mm, Yeah, the dad having to get drafted, essentially. Yeah. I don't think they called it a draft, but. But you know what I mean? And and Similar, now I'm realizing yeah. that that is a cartoon set in a different country. <laughs> and <laughs> and a maybe I should have Vastly different my... time period as well. Right. <laughs> maybe I should have based my knowledge <laughs> on that. <laughs> I need to calm you know. down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've given a lot of hints. Also, it's going to be the name of the, the title of the episode. Oh, have we not said what the movie is But yet? we're talking about Trial of the Chicago 7. Ugh. Also, we said it in last week's uh, description. So Right. People know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, it's a Netflix movie. Like, born and bred. You know what I mean? One of those uh, Netflix a, originals. A Netflix original, yeah. Yeah. Um... And it's uh, up for some Oscars this year. Yeah. So we decided that'll be on the, the it was going to be one on the docket for uh, award season. Are we? For sure. Are we going to run into the Oscars before yeah. the next episode? Correct. Okay. Okay. Because the Oscars are the twenty fifth. Right. I believe. Now wait. Will it be? F- will it be before we record the next episode? Because that's a different. That's a whole different. Honestly, I don't know. The math. I think so. I think they're next Sunday. They're the twenty fifth. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be before. Yeah. I mean, we could record next week. We could. We could. We can also just do another Oscars film because. Yeah, I mean, we can keep going if we want. Yeah, fucking, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Um, but if we uh, want to get into it, it came out in 2020, just yep. like all these Oscar movies, October 16th to Netflix. Um, but we've got some actual numbers on this one we didn't really have on Ma Rainey. We've got a strict budget of $35 million. Strict, the strict, huge budget. Yeah, uh, well, I guess yeah. it's not huge, but it's for what this is. I mean, this is like 
mostly one location. Yeah, just people um, talking. <laughs> yeah, which is, oh, I, I mean, I can't wait to get into it. I have so many opinions. <laughs> um, yeah, and but it, it worldwide box office is $115,709. Um, well, so this movie actually is in theaters. You can see this in theaters. I don't think you can see Ma right. in theaters. Right. Um, this one you can, but this also doesn't like take into account how many people watched on Netflix because Netflix won't tell anyone that. Right. Um, and Ma Rainey didn't give us a, uh, an exact number for the. That's what I meant by strict. I'm an exact. That was the, oh. Um, because Ma Rainey was like twenty to twenty-two million or something like that. Like oh. it, it wasn't a <laughs> real number. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? How much did you spend? Was it 20 or 22? They're still debating, like, the cost of, like... <laughs> yeah. Pants. Yeah, pants. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember this one came out... So this one came out October 16th. Ma Rainey didn't come out until December. I wonder if the new rules had come out for the Oscars. So they just didn't bother with Ma Rainey's. To, like, put it in theaters. I think those rules came out... A while ago. Oh, so Chicago 7 wouldn't have needed it necessarily? Yeah, I think when, um, like, they came out over the summer, if I am remembering mm. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. <clears throat> yeah, because technically any movie that was released in 2020 is eligible. So I think in, like, March, whatever, when all of this is happening, like, first happening, mm-hmm. they were like, hey... <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sweat it, guys. Hey, guys, calm down. Um, yeah. Yeah, but this, like, you can see in theaters for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I remember... Nah, maybe I don't. I don't know. But yeah, uh, it's got a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. Yep, it's long. It is long. It, is it long. didn't feel that long. Like, there are some movies we watched that by an hour and a half in, I'm like, Jesus Christ. And <laughs> this one, like, I didn't feel too, like, antsy for it to end. Yeah, it doesn't. I think they keep a good pace because of the, like, flashbacks. Yes. Yeah. Going back and it, forth. Which, yeah. They do a good it, job of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in that writing, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Is this our first Sorkin film we've done? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably. Yeah. And It's got it. It has to be. I think I'm getting confused because I did um, Hogan and Rudy's podcast, and we talked about two Sorkin films. (gasps) Right. Um, So I'm like, don't know if I'm repeating myself, but I love Aaron Sorkin. Dearly. We also talked about Aaron Sorkin last on Promising Young yes. Woman. Yeah, we've talked right. about him a lot. I know I bring him up a lot because I he's like <laughs> one of my favorite screenwriters. Like probably a big reason why I went into writing. Um like I I love him. I The Social Network's my favorite movie. Um I love West Wing, all of it. This movie has so much just like you know when you love someone you can criticize them because you know them so well (laughs) and (laughs) this movie is so much just like just like stereotypical like sorkin bullshit that um (laughs) 
And overall, I liked it. I think it's a fine movie, you know? But yeah. there's so much stuff in this that was, like, making me laugh because it was just so Sorkin and so ridiculous. And, like, I felt the dialogue wasn't even the typical Sorkin... You know, yeah, this uh, Sorkin dialogue is usually super witty and super fast. And it, like, yeah. ping-pongs back slowed and down. forth. This was, yeah, this was pretty slow, which was a little disappointing to me because I love that about Sorkin. <laughs> but, like... One of the things Sorkin does is like that the cross cutting, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like this is happening. Then you're you're cutting to something that's happening at the same time, which is really really effective. And like that, I loved. And like that happens so many times, and, and I think it really works. But then there's other things of like, um, just like idealistic crap, and um, <laughs> the cast list is so long. The cast list, <laughs> like for the main cast, is so long. There are uh, no women. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's the cast list for the main cast is like 20 people no women <laughs> hilarious sorkin some hilarious sorkin sorkin antics there he goes again there he goes um, again here he goes again you know and there's just like um he he in a lot of ways is like he feel, to me feels like from a different generation. He feels like almost like an old fashioned, you know, writer. Mm. Um, yeah. And and there's a lot of stuff that's modern about him too. But like that whole structure of at the end, like, and our heroes are triumphant, and there's a feel good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, was so interesting, especially juxtaposed to like watching Promising Young Woman, which was like know the system's flawed and and sometimes life doesn't give you justice yeah you know like a more realistic and this at the end that fucking freeze frame i started crying i was laughing so hard that freeze frame was ridiculous (laughs) and i just a lot of this movie to me felt like a parody of itself and like a parody of a sorkin movie or a parody of an oscar bait film Hmm. And there were so many moments like that. Um, and we'll get into it because really overall, I did like this movie. I think it's a good movie. But there was just like small moments um, <laughs> like when Eddie Redmayne and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen are fighting and Eddie Redmayne just like smacks the wall. And you were like, that felt weird and unnecessary, but like would cut nicely into a trailer. Um, <laughs> it's like a lot of those moments that were really, really making me laugh. And hmm. um this is also, though, me as a person who is obsessed with Aaron Sorkin and who, like, has a unnecessary understanding of how he writes. <laughs> that just yeah. a lot of this was comical. Sure. Yeah. I really went off there and I don't know if I meant to. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Okay. Uh, rated R. Yeah, which it probably didn't need to be. Yeah, probably just that's real life. People say fuck, um, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and maybe they wanted to show some bloody heads. From the you can do that in PG thirteen. No one cares. Police batons. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, aspect ratio two point three nine to one. Pretty yep. standard. Um, and then written and directed by one Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, and we skipped the yeah. log line. Oh yeah. Um 
the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just for further research, I'm in Chicago right now, just to really get a sense of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the, boots on the ground journalism. Boots on the ground. You know what was funny is that I they like kept mentioning things that like I, like because I live here that I like know mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> They like were mentioning the mayor being Daly, mm-hmm. John Daly or whatever. Not John Daly. That's an actor. I don't know what his name is. Um, <laughs> and and they're like how he was like kind of a shitty person, right? Sure. Um, the building that I <laughs> that I took every class in grad school in was <laughs> the Daly Building, and it was that was also mm. making me laugh because it's not like yeah. where like the majority of the film school of DePaul is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it it uh it had an eighty nine on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So, just just barely scraping the sun there, almost almost at the ninety, almost there. Almost. But not 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 quite. Um. Oh my lord, the cast list. Jesus Christ. Uh, did they mention if any of these people were made up? I know no, most I think- of them. Like, they're all real. I think they're all real. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know that all the main people were real, but like, I didn't know if like maybe that lady FBI agent was fake or probably not though, because that was part of the trial. The one, yeah, the yeah. one woman. Here's one woman. <laughs> um, one woman and two black people. An Aaron Sorkin classic. <laughs> Checks all of his boxes. Yeah, and then just crowds it with white guys. <laughs> but but all of his main characters are like really really good and really cool, so we like feel fine about it because they're all like heroes and and they were saved the day. And you know, this is really a story about how America was changed by white people. <laughs> white men led the charge. No one else. Right. Anyway, um. Yeah, it was funny though to. Um, I didn't realize, cause you know, I didn't learn about it in school. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize watching it the first time who, um, what's, uh, the guy from Judas and the Black Messiah, he was the Black Panther who was helping Bobby Seal at the, at the trial. He was like the oh, main. Oh, that's, that's cool. Daniel that Kalu- in- Kaluuya. And then the, in the, cool. remember when Bobby Seal is in jail, prison, I guess, um, uh-huh. and they go visit him and tell him he's just been killed. Yeah. That's the, literally the story of Judas and the Black Messiah is the story of him getting killed. That's or fascinating him being... that both of those movies are coming out like the same year. Yeah. And, and how they, the timelines literally overlapped. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they're all real. Here's what I'll say about the casting. This movie <laughs> was just just a a confusing amount of bad accents mm. that yeah. I could not get over. D- how did you feel about Eddie Redmayne's accent specifically? He, he never has a good American accent. 
I thought this I, was like his best one though. Yeah, there was moments where he slipped. He has such like a Yeah, it's he, gotta be hard for him. Because he's be got he's really British. <laughs> he's a really British. He's really British, but I think every time I see him I'm like, stop pretending. <laughs> we all know. We see through you. <laughs> so I should parent Cohen, I was like, is he doing a Christopher Walken impression? <laughs> like like half the time? Mm-hmm. Anytime he spoke, I was like, oh my god. Like his accent, it just I couldn't get over it. It was so weird. <laughs> Jeremy um, Strong is also also British. Um He is? Yeah. Wow. From Succession. Uh yeah. which also did not know that was him. Yeah, that's that was one of my uh the most impressive ones. The most impressive uh things was like he's such a different character in succession than he is in this he's also and it was just like such a weird guy the, jeremy strong yeah if you ever yeah. see an interview with him he just seems so odd go look at yeah him. all right i was like kendall what are you doing <laughs> um <laughs> go back and try to steal the company <laughs> oh yeah the accents, though, I just <laughs> the two leads. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible accents. <laughs> I You're couldn't trying, get man. over it. Oh, they were. Oh, they maybe were trying too hard. Maybe, maybe that was the issue. Yeah. Uh, but those two were Eddie Redmayne, who plays Tom Hayden, uh, and Sasha Baron Cohen, who plays Abby Hoffman. Tom Hayden was like a school like college age <laughs> he was like 22 or something and eddie redmayne was like 35 yeah i was thinking about that because i was like wait they said they led like a college group yeah but eddie redmayne is like very boyish i think yeah but not 22 <laughs> well yeah <laughs> that's fair like 28 <laughs> yeah that's um, fair so and then Alex Sharp, he plays Rennie Davis. He more so looked like he could be in college. He's he's a very young face. Yeah. Uh Jeremy Strong plays Jerry Rubin. Uh John Carroll Lynch plays David Dellinger. John Carroll Lynch, he's the guy from one of the cop shows, right? Um, he's in like Law and Order or CSI. He's in something, isn't he? Oh, he's an American Horror hmm. Story. Okay, never watched that. <laughs> okay, okay. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, then Yahya Abdul Mateen the second plays Bobby Seal. Um, and he's great. He's great in mm -hmm. everything. He's one of my favorites. Uh, up and comers, you know. He's just starting to get. In things. Yeah. Um, Mark Rylance plays William Kunstler. Uh, that's the, the lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, I thought he was great. I did too. Ooh. He's he's Everyone great in, in this movie. Though. I is really great. like Mark Rylance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think everyone in this movie is doing a great job. Yeah. We'll make that clear. Yeah, the 
The acting was good. The accents, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good. I just went on Mark Rylance's uh, <laughs> IMDb. He's so good in Dunkirk. He's so good in Bridge of Spies. Mm. He made me cry in Bridge of Spies. <sighs> Didn't he win? He won an Oscar for Bridge of Spies. I think he did. I think he and did. He deserved too. it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Richard Schultz. He's the uh, chief, like, lead, whatever, prosecutor. Yeah, um, he always looks so young to me. Like, he just always... He, he always given off a 500 Days this Summer yes. vibe. Everyone talks about how, <laughs> like, like, Paul Rudd has an age. I'm like, I don't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt has aged. <laughs> at all. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, ben Shankman plays Leonard Wineglass, which... Is that the other defender, defendant lawyer guy? Yeah, d- yeah. Ooh, and I, I loved him. I thought he was great. He, yeah, small part, but great part. Yeah, he is an actor Always that funny. like, yes, he's in like every TV show you've ever seen sort of thing. Like he has like <laughs> mm-hmm. a guest, whatever. And I've been, I was like rewatching Grey's Anatomy Oh. Um, with with Rita. Um, sure. Yeah. And he has like a an arc on that, and he's so good. And so I was watching this, and I was like, I know that guy. I really like, knew it from like this Grey's Anatomy arc. And he was like, Well, he's great in that. He's great in this too. Yeah. I feel like that's a almost an ideal acting career. Oh, just can yeah, consistent work. Consistent and work. Not that um, much fame, so you don't have to like hide your face in public. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so that like your life isn't terrible outside of being on set. Yeah. J.C. McKenzie plays Thomas Foran, and I have. And you know what no I'm not? This guy. <laughs> I have a blank on who that is. <laughs> um, Frank Langella plays Judge Langella. Julius Hoffman. Lang- Lang- Langella, I think. Langella, okay. Uh, plays Judge Julius Hoffman, and he plays a person I want to murder very well. He, when he, um, when it was revealed that it was like Franklin Joe playing it, I went, oh, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know him. Yeah. Another guy who's kind of been in everything. Yeah. Danny Flaherty plays John Freunds. I think this J.C. McKenzie guy and this Danny Flattery guy, I think those were our two, um, like they were part of the seven but didn't get her they, a lot of yeah. screen time. Right. Uh, oh, no, because Noah Robbins plays Lee Weiner, and yeah. he's, he's one of the two. So, I don't know. Um, John Doman plays John Mitchell, who is the FBI? No. District. I think he's the... He's either the district attorney or the attorney general, the current attorney general. I think he's the attorney general. I, current, okay. Current. Because then Michael motherfucking Keaton what <laughs> comes in and plays Ramsey Clark at the previous uh, <laughs> Attorney General. A great yeah, shock. What a shock. What a <laughs> random plot. Like, <laughs> I mean, they hint at it in the beginning, but then it did feel like... <laughs> <laughs> almost at the end, almost like a Deus Ex Machina, like, and then there's this guy who's gonna fix it, <laughs> right? Right. But then he doesn't because, oh my God, the stupid judge doesn't let them hear the thing. But then, it's, oh, a lot of drama. Oof. 
Aaron Sorkin, man, he loves his drama. Oh, he loves his drama. He loves his courtroom dramas. Mm. He loves he loves lawsuits. He loves true stories. He loves sure. white men. He <laughs> loves the Democratic Party. He <laughs> he loves <laughs> all of it. Um, and one of my favorite parts in the movie is when Mark Rylance, uh, when the the lawyer guy, the prosecutor, he when he um he gets real angry for like the 25th time mm-hmm. and uh but he he says to the like who's the lady who types stenographer in the stenographer he's like to the stenographer he goes can you keep up are you good and he's she's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm good, good at this <laughs> and then he just starts like spit firing like a bunch of questions at uh um michael keaton that was one and of my favorite that was, parts too. That was fun because it was like, oh, <laughs> he's doing his job. He's getting, he's getting work done. One of the first notes I wrote was, "I'm never gonna remember these guys' names," because they did a thing where they like paused and then like had the, <laughs> yeah, um, like person's name like like a lower third, yeah. And every time that happened, I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna remember this guy." <laughs> Don't even bother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they do in the courtroom. I mean, it was part of like apparently what happened in the courtroom. But like, because the judge kept messing up their names, they did keep repeating their own Restating names. It. I definitely yeah. knew. So that kind of helped. Abby Hoffman and um Thomas Hayden. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't sure. remember that his last name was Hayden. I kept being like, "What is it?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though they said it a million times. So that's yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm bad. I'm generally very bad at that. This movie helped a little by <laughs> repeating the shit out of all their names. Right. But still it didn't didn't stick. Um I I liked the opening a lot. How how did it open? It opened with it like um like cross-cutting between all of these different people being like oh we're going yes. to chicago we're going to chicago we're going to chicago and it splices it together to see like all their different approaches and, and kind of all their different yeah. reasons and it works really well to establish the characters and what's happening and then yes. like it lets you know like these are the different organizations these are their leaders this is why they're going to chicago like this is their intentions and then it also is like lets you know that um the draft's going on the vietnam war is going on that's what they're protesting. Yep. They're they um. What's his face was shot. What's his face? That's bad. Robert Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, was shot. He was going to be like people thought he was going to be the Democratic nominee. Um, but since he he uh was killed, um, what's his face? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't want to say the wrong person. Seem real stupid. I don't know who was president when. I'm real bad at that. Well, it was um, Johnson is who it would have been, and then Nixon Nixon won, but I... I okay. So 68? 68, Nixon was running against Herbert Humphrey, and so they were protesting mm. um, Humphrey's nomination, essentially, amongst many okay, things. because they wanted someone more... Dem- like even farther left 
Right, which is why I think, like, in a lot of ways, this movie does make sense to come out now. Like, there's a lot about Mm -hmm. the political situation that um, feels timely, like, when you think about Hillary getting the, you know, nomination over Bernie and people's outrage about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, the same could be said about Biden with the, like, liberals. Um, So that makes sense. But they they set it up in a really nice way where it's, like, it's fast it's entertaining, and it sets up a lot of information. Yeah. And it's also cut with original footage. Yeah. Which Which I thought... they do this throughout the movie. And I thought it was so effective. Yeah. And it never, like, to me, felt weird or out of place or, like, jarring. It it felt very, like, natural, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, And when in... Another time that they did that was during the during the actual riot, like on right. the hill. Which I thought was and really that was... impactful to see like Whew. really yeah. how violent it was. Like they weren't Like know. we're not we're not hyping this up. Yeah, like this we're is not really how it this... happened. Yeah. Like they would they would cut to, they would do something with actors, like very cinematic like with the camera very cinematic like and, and doing it. But then they would show you actual footage of a very similar thing happening and you're like whew yeah this is this was brutal and on and all the while uh, uh Abby Hoffman was <laughs> I didn't want to say Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> Abby Hoffman was talking over it like voiceover essentially talking about how like uh tear gas is made up of the same stuff you know blah 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 that they use in the military or in war uh and then um police batons are made of like the same wood you use in a baseball bat Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like so while all that's going on you're hearing about how like uh damaging all of those (laughs) weapons the cops were using are right and he kind of makes a point of like this wasn't just to control a crowd this was to like injure people yeah. Like, it's not just for, like, stopping. It's for, like, enforcing. Hurting. Hurt, yeah. Um, overall, though, I didn't necessarily like the Sasha Baron Cohen on stage thing no. they kept cutting to. I thought it was weird. I thought it was, like, a weird choice to be, like, we're hearing this. We're hearing the story being, like, told, like, four times, it feels Three, like. yeah. Right. And that just kept feeling so odd and out of place, especially like at the end when it was like um it was like going between Eddie Redmayne and Mark Rylance. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point it just like cuts to Sasha Baron Cohen and I was like, Wow, that really took me out of like this super dramatic and intense scene that I was really enjoying. Hmm. There was like a moment where it cuts to, to Sasha Baron Cohen, and I was like, "Well, that that didn't seem necessary." And it just felt like a weird like. Originally, they're like, "Oh, stop doing stand up," um, mm-hmm. and it was like a joke, like when they showed it in the beginning, and then yeah. they started using it for serious narration. And I was like, "I don't, I, it's just it just didn't work for me," especially when we were already getting it through the trial and through like talking to, the other, um, like, defendants. Yeah. I li- I liked how it gave Abby's perspective of what was going on, mm-hmm. because we were mostly getting it from the trial, which was 
more neutral or like <laughs> even sided the other way because the prosecutors were doing a good job, I guess. Um, I just think I didn't think they set up the scene of the stand-up very well because like when it would cut to um him at stand-up i was like is this happening right now or is this happening after the fact after the trial like where in the timeline is it like that was my thing with it was like i didn't i just didn't understand where it fit and we didn't see we didn't really see him like get up on stage or anything there was like no it didn't feel like there was very much set up to that. Yeah, the timeline was also pretty confusing for me because then it's like, it's like a weird thing where I think it's um, after like one of the first days or like the first week of the trial, they're like, you won't, it, the Mark Rylance um, kind of goes to the conspiracy office and is like, stop talking to reporters, stop whatever, stop doing stand-up. And he's like, it's not stand-up. So I think we're supposed to assume it's that because he's just talking about the riot. He's not talking about the trial. Yeah. But then it's a weird, like, so now we are jumping back in time. So now it's like a weird we have. <laughs> this is really a sci-fi movie. There's like three timelines <laughs> <laughs> going in between them. And it just, I don't think it's necessarily bad. Just for me, I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. It yeah I mean it it definitely got if it I guess if you took out the Hoffman stand up stuff it might be a little more standard because it would just be trial and then when we got to the point that we wanted to talk about we would flash back to what we wanted to talk about and then go back to the trial and then it would you know so it would feel like two timelines wouldn't feel that crazy <laughs> but three is kind of a lot. <laughs> Right, yeah. and I mean, and this is contradicting like what I said earlier, but it's also like maybe add someone else's perspective as well. Like, cut up Hoffman more and add Dellinger's. Yeah. Or or something like that. It just didn't... Or someone from the other side. Right. So, yeah. I think especially, I really... I think my favorite scene, and to me, like, one of the more impactful scenes was when the Mike Rylance is um, cross-examining Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I think that's the best scene in the in the movie. Yeah, as like a um, like trial prep to see if like he's ready to go on the stand, and he's really going at him, and it's so intense, and it's going back and forth with the um, what's it called? With the dialogue, with the, with the riot. Um, oh, right. <laughs> and kind of being like, you, you, and this was your fault almost. Like, you incited yeah. this. Like, how can you prove to me you can't? You didn't. And yeah. then at a certain point, like, it cuts to um, Hoffman, Hoffman <laughs> doing the stand up. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just for like a joke, isn't it? It's yeah, just like and it was just kind of like, we don't need that. Like, that, like, this was like the most like intense and like, like, effective part in the movie like why are Hmm. you taking me out of it in such an aggressive way (laughs) yeah but that the the end of that scene where they figure it out where he says our yeah he misspoke it was supposed to be if our blood is going to spill 
and <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hoffman has like this thing where he's like, this idiot likes to do this. It's a pattern. I've seen this before. He doesn't use correct, uh, like, <laughs> um, he doesn't attribute his subjects <laughs> in his sentences. Um, and then Mark yeah, Rylance is like, yeah, possessive pronouns or whatever. Oh my um, god. Yeah, I mean, I did like that part because they have been at odds the whole time. Yeah, and then he, they have like this mutual respect thing. Yeah, but it's, it's you have like, your law practice, and I have all these fucking markers. <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. We both got responsibilities. <laughs> You real practice, and I got all these fucking markers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do. We should watch um, a John Mulaney special. Um, special, uh, not for this podcast. I mean, for oh. this podcast. On, <laughs> we should do it on Zoom, like together, oh. and we can get we can get other friends. Heck yeah! <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just making separate plans. <laughs> that I won't edit out. Um anyway. Anyway. I thought it was strange that they like that's kind of like one of the cores of the whole movie is that Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen like theoretically are on the same side, but they they hate each other's methods. Yeah. Like Sasha Baron Cohen's super flashy and he's trying to get the press involved, he's trying to get cameras there. And he's kind of the like hippie. Pe- he's a hippie, yeah, but he's like if people don't know about it then we can't do anything about it. Right. Um, like, we have to force change in Eddie Redmayne's, like, we have to... The biggest way to get change is an election. Without the, without that, nothing and will happen. It. And he, Eddie Redmayne wants to do it by the book. Yes. For yeah, sure. yeah. And... so and As they, much as he can. He does, he, he you know, takes the air out of the car and... Uh, the yeah, and stuff <laughs> they're like, like that, he but... wants to do it by the book, but then he's going to... Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh... <laughs> But they ha- they're like almost. I don't remember. Do they actually fight? They're like about to fight. Like uh, they never like, like throw hands. They they're like about. <laughs> they're to. They're about fight. to. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And then <laughs> all it takes is Sasha Baron Cohen being like, "I've read your papers," and he's like, "Really? Aw, okay." It's that respect, all right. I know, but it's just such a weird. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's like resolved so quickly. Sure. Yeah yeah. Um. What a dingus standing up in the trial, though. You know what I mean? Oh, reflex! Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. We were all... I was, I was also like, did they agree not to stand? Yeah, there was one. There was. Um, Is that what he wrote I on think, the notepad? Um, yeah. Okay, he said, okay. "Don't stand for the judge." Oh, okay, okay, okay. And they like passed that piece of paper around. That and makes Eddie sense. Eddie Redmayne, he was like, "Okay, okay." Yeah, okay. okay. And then he just didn't, because it looked. The way he acted it, the way Eddie Redmayne acted it, it seemed like, yeah, he, he forgot. Because he just, like, he was looking down at the table, and then he, like, stood up, and then he was like, oh, God. He, like, had an oh, God moment. Like, I, I stood up when I wasn't supposed to. Right, right. I don't know if, I don't know how much of an accident it was or was not in, in real life, but right. the way they portrayed it, it, it kind of seemed like it actually was. <laughs> Yeah. Um. There's a line where so there's like so there's eight of them on trial technically except mm-hmm. um. Bobby Seal is 
was not involved in the riot at all, was not supposed to be tried with them. Yeah. But was essentially there because he was the um, head of the Black Panther. Or... I don't think it was Chicago because... uh, I think he was the head of... Judas and the Black Panther Party in general, and the other guy was Chicago. Oh, shoot. Okay. Because Bobby Seale was going to Chicago. Right. Yeah, to meet with... The other guy. Frank... That sounds right. It's it's definitely Frank, but and the last name is an H, but I can't. Uh, Frank. <laughs> Google Frank H. Black Panther. Harper. Howard. Frank H. Hampton. Hampton. Ooh. And it's Fred. It's not Frank. <laughs> <laughs> we suck. There was a lot of names in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Fred Hampton. Yeah. Um. So Fred Hampton and his group of Black Panthers are there at the trial. Bobby Seale is handcuffed. He's the only one who's like consistently handcuffed because he's actually being detained because he's mm-hmm. on trial for, for murder. murder in Colorado or something. Connecticut. Um, <laughs> which at the end of the movie, when we get all the where are they now, most of them not with us anymore. Uh, he gets, he apparently got uh, a not guilty on on that yeah, whole murder yeah. thing. So, um, eventually. Hmm. Oh, okay. So he's he's on trial with them essentially because he's the head of the Black Panther party and the um district attorneys or whatever attorney yeah whatever U.S. attorneys um essentially do this so that the jury will automatically not like the defendants. Yeah. Is what yeah, I They're just grouping him in with them to make them look bad. Yes. Because Black Panther's scary. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite lines was uh, uh, when Fred Hampton says, and take your scary hats off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... So, and then his lawyer had to get his gallbladder moved. So, he's yeah. not there. And so, Bobby Seale the whole time is like, I don't have a lawyer present. I don't have a lawyer present. But the judge is like, you know, fuck the uh, Constitution. <laughs> yeah, he's so, for literally everything else, he's so like, we will have order and we will do this the the right way and like the the honorable way or the respectful way and it's like you're literally breaking the law by trying this man without his lawyer present when he was trying to get Mark Rylance to act as the lawyer yeah because because he wanted Bobby Seale there he he didn't want to do. The, he didn't want to go about this trial without Bobby Seale there. Well, and if yeah, and if Bobby Seale was, if I think if Mark Rylance acted as his lawyer, then like they would all be charged together, and it wouldn't be like it'd be harder to separate it or like appeal. Was my understanding of it? Because mm. hmm. um, he's been like, don't speak okay. to me. Because if you would, if he would have spoken for him, then he would like then he would have been assumed he was his lawyer. And then he would have yeah. been grouped in with like all the other people, even more so. 
Mm -hmm. There's a lot of legal stuff in this. <laughs> oh my god, Le like lawyering, mm -hmm. not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it should be for anyone. It sounds <laughs> terrible. Um, I couldn't tell though if if the judge, if Judge Hoffman was like just a terrible person, or which he he was. For sure. But I wasn't sure if it was just that or if he also was like had dementia. Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. But I, yeah. think, I think the only things that af that the dementia affected was the name stuff. Him forgetting everyone's names and not being able to follow things. Like, but the Bobby, anything involving Bobby Seal was just him being a racist asshole and anything about uh, the contempt of court was him just being an asshole because yeah. I also thought like for part of the Bobby Seal thing though it genuinely did seem like he was like no you're you do have a lawyer why you keep saying you don't like it seemed like he didn't understand I think I mean he was a racist asshole but I it think was... the way that he kept saying it like he'd be like well then let your lawyer speak for you he's like I've told you I don't have a lawyer and he's like yes you do and I was like are we supposed to think that this guy like actually is super forgetful and like kind of losing hmm. his mind. I didn't take that specific instance as a dementia problem. Hmm. I thought well, because he I would always like when... ignore him when he said, "But my lawyer's not present." He would just kind of like me. He'd be a fucking baby about it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> the craziest part and the, uh, like. It's based on a true story, so it like happened. The craziest part is when Mark Rylance screams at him. Yeah. Uh, because he said, uh, because Bobby Seal says, "I don't have a lawyer," and the judge yells, "Yes, you do!" And Mark Rylance yells back, "No, he doesn't!" And um, he just walks out. He just gets up, gets up, and leaves, and it's. What a pussy. Yeah, the the judge is just it, I mean it's it's actual insanity. And I know we're supposed to like think you know <laughs> that Joseph Gordon Lovett's character is like a good guy. He I had I think I think a the little movie, bit of a conscience. I think the movie yeah. by the end wants us to be like and he came around <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> You know, he stood up for the, Ooh, those and he did it. And dead children, but it's like he waits until a man is bound and gagged before he's like, "Whoa, too far!" Like, whoa, 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 there, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow your roll, man. Like, there are so many other. <laughs> I can excuse light racism, but this. No, I can excuse very blatant heavy racism. But... <laughs> yeah, well, right, yeah, <laughs> and and just an, a total abuse of the justice system when it's in my favor. <laughs> But this, but this, this is a little much. This is too much. This is where I draw the line, right? Which is like, thank God he did, but also like, right? That should have happened. I don't know, three months ago. Right. So I was supposed to say the trial lasted like six months. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, those poor jurors. <sighs> and being well, and they were sequestered for how long? Like most of it. Yeah, because. That whole, um, the FBI sent you a note 
from the saying they're the Black Panther Party and uh, they're gonna kill your family. Uh, that was pretty early. I mean, yeah. that was pretty early on. Right. So. Well, and then it, um, it's also like the. So in the beginning, which I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't paying that close attention when they were talking. <laughs> With the when Joseph Gordon Levitt and the other guy were talking with the new attorney general. Oh, yeah. But the gist of it was he says that, like, you know, cabinet members are supposed to resign under the president current. so that current yeah. president, so that when the new president comes in, it's not, they don't Awkward. have to, yeah, they don't have to fire them. Right. And, Michael Keaton, um, Ramsey Clark, the former attorney general, waited until like an hour before his confirmation. Like, waited really, <laughs> waited too long. Yeah. As kind of a fuck you to um, the Yeah, new. that's fun. You know? That's fun. That's a fun I like little... that. Yeah. No harm, except lots of harm, turns out. <laughs> yeah, because it spun this guy into a fucking rampage. Mad, uh, yeah. But was did he say like did he did he flat out say that's the reason they were going so hard after the Chicago Seven in that scene? Because I I don't remember. I remember him bringing mm. that up. It wasn't. It wasn't the only reason. I mean, okay. he definitely had like a vested interest in. Um. I don't know, fucking with these guys. The seven. Right. But, um, yeah, I think I definitely it seemed like part of it was also I want to undo essentially what this previous guy did or found. Right. Because that's the big thing at the end is they realize, like, I guess that's what made it seem more like like a day six mocking to me is that the is that the one guy, Robbie or whatever, just kind of, uh. Rennie. Oh, yeah. Rennie. Yeah, I was like, who's, who's Robbie? So many guys <laughs> in this. I, I, don't, I can't remember all their names. Um, Rennie kind of out of nowhere says, wouldn't it be funny if this was happening? Wouldn't it be funny and then like solves the whole case for them? And <laughs> Mark Rylance and uh, what's his name are just staring at each other for like five minutes. They're like, we're dumb. <laughs> and Eddie Redmayne is like, Guys, what you what you looking at? Because <laughs> right. they're just like locked eyes. I thought that was funny. I did too. But um, then they go see Michael Keaton, and then they try to have him testify for him to say, as the former Attorney General, that they, the former administration, did a um like investigation on this and found that the police started the riots and they weren't going to press charges on these people. And that I think part of it was also that these seven people were not threats to national security. Right. I think that was the other bit of it. But the the yeah, the big bombshell was um the 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 police started the riot. Yeah. So incited it. Incited the riot. <sighs> But then the judge won't let them use the use that. Yeah. And the sequestered jury will never know. 
until <laughs> after they make their decision. Then and then it's like public knowledge, and then they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but I said, "I thought." But I. Oh man. <laughs> but Cause I. Because they... <laughs> they were um, found guilty. Yeah. Which I thought was so odd, such an odd choice to not show that. Yeah. I was like, but why? Like that could have been such a dramatic moment then they just also because i was confused and i like i've said i i was kind of going nuts today and <laughs> and every day let's be honest but <laughs> when they all walk in i didn't notice there was only five of them now and i wrote oh i wrote oh cute matching outfits <laughs> in my notes <laughs> you didn't realize that was like their jail outfits yeah, no, I, and then I realized, hmm. I was like, what are they protesting? Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're in, they're in prison. Yeah. Um, so that's bad on my part. That's all right. But also, like, it just didn't make sense. Like, it was such a weird time jump because they go from, that was the other thing. Um, <laughs> that was just so weird. Like, it was just such a weird choice. Is that? It's Sancho Baron Cohen's um is testifying. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a great scene too. He says, I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. And then it fades out. And that was so strange to me. I couldn't get over it. I like paused it and was like, wait, what? Why is that happening? We had to fade to black. Why are we fading? What is going on? It was just so strange to me and i was i just like couldn't get i clearly i'm still not over it i couldn't get over it <laughs> and then it goes and then it then there's a time jump to they've been found guilty and i just thought that was such a weird and in my opinion not great choice hmm. yeah i didn't realize i didn't even think about the fact that we could have had a scene in between the final Abby Hoffman, uh, cross examination and um, the, the 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 judge judgment. I don't know what you call that. The sentencing. Sentencing. There you go. But it was like it was just weird to me that the, I was like, in a movie called the trial, the trial <laughs> of the Chicago Sent Seven, we don't get a verdict scene. <laughs> it's been it's been overdone. You know what I mean. <laughs> You know the thing we're all looking forward to. It's been overdone. Verdict just scenes. Come skip on. it. Yeah. So that was just that was weird to me. Yeah. And I yeah, liked I liked that scene a lot. I did. I Oh I, my god, the it, Abby Hoffman on the on the stand? Whew. Yes. Cuz he's you can tell just how much smarter he is than, than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> no, oh, than Joseph Gordon-Levitt yes. even because like he's asking him these questions and he, Abby Hoffman has a perfect answer for all of them it's witty at, and like funny at the same time that he's saying something very like deep about like the system and like how fucked up this all is right right but just the i've never been on trial for my thoughts before fade to black I was like, 
and yeah. I guess that's what I mean about like this seems like a parody of itself and sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. There's also a moment where the the two so there's seven on trial plus Bobby Seal until his storyline <laughs> goes away. Mm-hmm. Um the the one, you know, main black character storyline goes away halfway through and we never hear from him again. Uh <laughs> And so besides that, there's the seven, two of them in the beginning are like, I don't know why we're here. Like they're not big Mm -hmm. leaders or anything, whatever. They say later that they're only there so that they can get acquitted so that the jury feels good about themselves. So they didn't um, convict all seven. Right. Um, But there's a moment where they, the one guy's like, I don't know why we're here. And the other guy says, it's the Academy Awards of protests. And it's an honor just to be nominated. And I was <laughs> like, ooh, god damn, if that's not going to be in their Oscar Best Picture presentation. <laughs> that's how, you know, that's how it's going to end. It's going to be like all the, <laughs> oh, that would all be the fun. different um, scenes of the protests and them yelling and blah, blah, blah. And then at, then at the end, it'll be some like, like super like upbeat like fast-paced like song and then they'll be like it's the academy awards of protest and it's an honor just to be nominated fade out the trial of the chicago seven <laughs> that's perfect. and and if that doesn't happen i'll quit this podcast <laughs> it's over <laughs> just be tyler yeah but it'll be like uh, if I were to ever go missing, you'd have to go on without me. Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. That would be bad because I don't know how to upload the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, if you ever go missing, my first thought will be like, oh, God, like that's terrible. My immediately after will be like, oh, I don't know how to use iTunes. Oh, I don't know how to use the Apple it's Podcast app. Sp- Squarespace, you gotta log into my Squarespace account because you actually upload, you upload it to a blog. I'm okay not knowing on my website, and then iTunes just looks at that specific site or that specific URL, and every week it's like, oh, there's a new one. Oh, there's a new one. I hope you never go missing. <laughs> the um, the scenes where. Jeremy Strong's character uh is like having uh or like with the FBI lady. Mhm. It's very funny. Yeah. There's a lot of really funny stuff in this. Yeah. Um especially with Sasha Baron Cohen and Jeremy Strong. Yeah. <laughs> when he catches the egg. He's like, "Well, what are you going to do with that egg?" And, and then like, oh. Sasha's like, hey, "You don't know what to do with that egg, do you?" He's like, "I don't." <laughs> I love that Later, when he tells Mark Rylance, I have an egg, and he's it's like, Why do you have an egg? Uh, get rid of it. He's like, Do you think I want, like, <laughs> do you think if I if I could, I would it? I would have already, like, right? <laughs> that made me laugh a lot, yeah. And then the 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 joke, the the why do French people only eat eggs for, for breakfast? Because an egg is an if, an if, yeah. Which also, again, it's very funny. nitpicky. What was that in reference to? Nothing. She was just making a joke to like an icebreaker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just like 
I was like, is he holding an egg? Like, it was just such a random, because, like, he said something and he kind of rambles. And she's like, no, 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 I got this. Yeah. And I was like, he wasn't talking about eggs. <laughs> no, she was just trying to make things light, you know? Aaron Sor- Sorkin probably took, like, a, uh, like, French one, came back immediately, <laughs> opened final draft, and was like, I've got it. <laughs> a hilarious joke. Gotta use this. I'll use it somewhere. Because Aaron Sorkin, funny guy. Social Network, funny parts. Yes. Some good jokes. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, very funny. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I think. Very funny in that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When he's like outsmarting people. <laughs> yeah. Rambling. And so, so you gave him $18,000. To start the company and a thousand dollars for, or that's backwards. You gave him a thousand dollars for startup costs and eighteen thousand dollars to go to California. That's nineteen thousand dollars. I was like, wait, let me check your math real quick. <laughs> yep, you're right, nineteen thousand dollars. Anyway, um, <laughs> just wait till we get to the social network. <laughs> Episode one hundred, baby. Episode, oh god, that'll be in like four years. <laughs> But, like, The West Wing, very, very funny. Um, hmm. He tried to he tried to write a comedy show. Wasn't good. Oh. Studio 60. Did it? Huh? Studio 60. Was it, did it, like, air? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, Studio 60, I'm glad we, I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> Studio 60 was about the head writer at a sketch show like SNL. It came out, I think, the same time as 30 Rock. Oh. So clearly, there was going to be one. And clearly, one is one of the greatest shows of all time. And that was not Studio 60. 60? Mm -hmm. 60 or 6D? I think it's 6D. 6D? Like the number. Like... Okay. Yeah, it's Studio... It, okay, yeah, it's 6-0. Okay. It's Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip is what it's called. But, oh. I, but like, just called it Studio 60. Yeah. Um, and I watched bits of it, and it was just like... um. It was like 30 Rock with moments of West Wing intensity. Oh. That didn't make sense. <laughs> How many seasons did it get? One. Just one? And you know yeah. who it starred? Who's that? Matthew Perry. Oh. Matthew Perry. I think Sarah Paulson oh. to, as well. And Amanda Peet. I don't know that one. You'd know her if you saw her. Yeah, probably. Matthew Perry, huh? So he was like the Liz Lemon? Yes. But he was like real snarky and intense and was the best sketch writer in the world. But then they'd show the sketches and they weren't good. <laughs> so. Hmm. Anyway. Aaron Sorkin, you're funny. Feel validated. <laughs> I think he's fine. Oh, he's fine. He's totally fine. He, he made the social network. He's, he made he's good. one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> wrote it. Don't worry about it. He wrote it. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> and a few good men and a, a lot of other. <laughs> he's he's very tall to everybody. I just have such a weird view of him. I feel like <laughs> I don't know. He um he he won or no he um a fun story about Aaron Sorkin is that one time he was flying um through the Burbank airport in like before before 911 mm. flying out of the Burbank airport and he got caught with cocaine and i <laughs> think mushrooms in his bag and he fainted when they <laughs> caught him <laughs> i don't know wow. why but that story always brings me a little joy <laughs> well there's a little irony in the fact that he writes these movies like that are about these very stressful situations mm-hmm and then when he's in a stressful situation of his own, he just collapses. Just a, by the way, just a typical writer. A cook, cocaine and, and mushrooms? No, but, <laughs> no, but yes, no. I mean, like, <laughs> like, um, oh, it's almost like living out of fantasy. Like, um. Oh, sure. Sure. I, also the thing, like Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> every, Every movie you watch that Sorkin's written or like or TV show, mm. there's always like pretty much every character is a cool genius. Mm. You know what I mean? They're cool. They're cool. They don't even care, but they're also smarter than everyone else in the room. And wow! Did he portray Mark Zuckerberg way cooler than he actually is? Yeah, for sure. Way but also so everyone cool. in that movie, not everyone, yeah. but like also Eduardo Saverin, cool genius. Yeah. If you watch West Wing. Like, all of them are just, like, super suave and cool geniuses. Right. And there's always, like, it does always seem that there's, like, one main character who's, like, the snarky, doesn't care, all the women love him. Like, he's so much smarter than everyone else, but he doesn't even have to try character. And, like, yeah. it does feel like that's Aaron Sorkin being, like, oh, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> I could be that. Which I think is true probably of all writers is that there's always, like, like you, you kind of, like, an avatar or something. Yeah. Like, whatever but um something about what Aaron Sorkin does it really makes me laugh <laughs> um cuz what do you think what do you think Aaron Sorkin really is a guy who See faints it. when he <laughs> a like a who, not cool genius no i think he's a genius for sure yeah but i think he's probably not as um confident and like yeah. crazy sexy cool as he as the characters are. I mean, who is? Like, the way he you, he structures <laughs> right. conversations, like, no one is that smart. Like, no one can constantly be so fast-paced and so, like, blah, 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 just, like, took you down four pegs without even trying. Um yeah. And it's, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's, <laughs> oh, and, and you know what? I do love him. Like I said, he's, like, one of my favorite writers. I, I do think he's a genius, but I also think, like, when you've watched all of his work, there's a lot of like funny similarities that um, are hard to overlook. Sure. Like <laughs> a lack of women. Um, <laughs> this this movie and <laughs> Social Network hardly hardly a woman in them in there. Yeah, Brenda Song, I remember. Yeah, yeah, Brenda's That was on. fun. And then she um she takes uh she takes Spider-Man into the bathroom 
yeah, Brenda Song being being the feminist we all needed in the social network by blowing and Spider-Man I was like, in the London Tipton, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They said the social network said, um, "We have women. They're gonna they're gonna give a blowjob to our character because he's so cool, and then <laughs> they're gonna go crazy because you know women and light a scarf on fire." <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the movie's only set at Harvard. We won't be able to find any smart, accomplished women there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you love people despite their flaws. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the point. Um, mm. In this movie, like, I did find the lack of women kind of jarring. I think because I was like, Almost in a way looking for it. And I know it's like, it's a true story or whatever, but it's like there was, there was women there. Yeah. It would have been very easy to add some sort of female lead in this movie. Just, I mean, a few more lines from the conspiracy uh, uh, phone, phone, like the girl right. who's answering the phones at the conspiracy office. Just like make her part of the group. When... Make her a character instead of just a woman answering the phones that we know nothing about. Like, yeah. it's just so, and I think this is also what I mean about Hans Orkin being old school, is that like, um, and I do feel like I'm talking in circles, and I am sorry to everyone listening to this, but <laughs> it's so like, um, like it feels old school because it does feel just like this weird, um, like, like a plotting kind of like male bravado and a plotting like like white male bravado and it, i think you can get away with it because it's a true story right you know yeah. um but there is something like like it would have been easy to keep bobby seal's storyline and not get rid of it like it would have oh, been yeah. possible or at least have some closure to it right and it would have been easy to have a female lead in this movie but there was like a choice not to and then at the end there is kind of like a like they all stand up and everyone they they literally get a standing ovation and people are applauding and (laughs) it's not like they that literally happens and it does feel like hooray (laughs) um I did write, ah, hooray, the white men that changed America. Thank you, Mr. Sorkin. You are brave for telling this story. (laughs) And then it's a freeze frame. And I think that's, I guess that's my whole point. (laughs) Yeah. Did that make any sense? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) I said, did that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. (laughs) But it's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's tough because... I do think this was a good movie, and I do love Aaron Sorkin, and I I think he's super talented. But it's also like, it's weird to me that he gets away with these things. Well, and like the 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 excuse of it being a true story is like one he hides behind a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's when yeah hiding behind it is kind of a a good way to put it because like if the true story didn't have any women or minorities uh in it like to account for like first of all you're lying because because it's not true 
that's just not how things are. You just have to do more work. Like right. You just have to try harder to highlight the, the voices that obviously when we're there we told the true story um like history <laughs> told it wrong because <laughs> um it was all 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 white men but like when we do these sorts of things where we retell these stories for modern audiences we can highlight the people who maybe got looked over <laughs> Right. And I think it's like are there are there people talking about this? Yes, of course. But I don't think it's a big thing, you know, people aren't being like, "Oh, the trial of the Chicago 7." It's they didn't blah, 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 it was all it was all white guys blah, blah, blah. Um which is just always odd to me that he seems to get out like you know, unscathed, I guess. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was, like, a lot of people being, like, I think the social network is, um, like, anti, you know, feminist. And, and for th for these reasons, mainly because the only female character really is, like, a, a crazy Brenda. whore. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what she's portrayed as and probably wasn't even a real person in their story yeah right because they do take liberties with these things of course they do um yeah it's just weird because it does keep happening and at a certain point it's like dude <laughs> bruh bruh come on it's not that hard yeah it's just gonna take like a little more work and maybe it's like a a writing thing where he's like i am a straight white male that's what, so yeah. that's the perspective i know like the perspective that I can write from, but it's just like do some interviews, bro. Yeah, I was gonna say Talk interview to people. people. Like get get some different perspectives. But Aaron Sorkin hates women, and I love Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What did you think about the freeze frame at the end? Um, which what was it again? Was it people? Was it the um? Was it just like a wide shot of the courtroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they had to freeze frame it. They could have just like kept pulling out, like panning outward. Yeah, I would say they didn't have to freeze frame. <laughs> Yeah, like they could have, they could have faded to black while they're panning out, like real slow. Well, so they freeze framed you know? it, and then afterwards, the text. yeah, and then after the text, oh, right. restarted it, and it was still just people clapping. <laughs> and I mean, and that's also where we get the um moment with Joseph Gordon Levitt, where he's like, he stands, and mm. the guy's like, "What are you yeah. doing?" And he's like. Paying respect. Have for some it. respect for the dead. Yeah, for the fallen. Come on, come on, let's have some respect. And then he leaves in a huff. Yeah. The other attorney. Well, because there was also a moment, like there was a scene where I'm not gonna pay respect to these dead kids, <laughs> man. <laughs> I wish he would have said that, like under his breath, he's walking. He's like, you want me to pay respect?" Yeah. 
Um, dead kids that geez. we sent that yeah, you watched, killed yeah. other Asian dead kids and. Because <sighs> <laughs> um, there's also a scene where Sasha Baron Cohen sees Joseph Gordon Lovett in the park. Yeah. And that was a weird scene because he's like, I know you're a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jeremy Strong is like, no, you're a fucker. I can't believe that was Jeremy Strong. <laughs> he's so different. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Which, good for him. He's yeah, doing a good he's, job. I, he's a great actor. I mean, the, the, the acting in this movie, great. <laughs> The co- the comedic delivery in this movie is is pretty great as well. I think that's like why it's like oh, as much as his accent is really killing me, it's really it's really hurting me. <laughs> it had to be Sacha Baron Cohen because he's he's so funny. Yeah, no, he except maybe not being able for except for not being able to do the accent, I feel like he's the perfect casting. Yes. For Abby Hoffman. But he's doing just like a, just a subtle walk-in <laughs> impression. <Yeah>. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> One note. <laughs> just uh, check that accent. Because he's, what's his normal accent? Is he French? His, no. What? No, he's wait, a... or is he? You're really freaking me out right now. Maybe he's Australian. No. I don't think he's English. No, he's British. Is he's... he? I think he's British. <laughs> if he is, I will cut this all out. Oh, he is English. Yeah. Where am I doing? Because huh. I've seen some interviews with him. And I have two, and apparently I just don't pay close attention. Well, sometimes accents are just accents, you know? <laughs> Beautifully said. Just meld together in your brain. Yeah. I guess Sasha Baron Cohen just sounds French to me, so I've always been like, he's French. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Les Mis. Mmm. You know? Mm. It reestablishes you know the. I forgot the he was in Les Mis. <laughs> also, enough. You know? Enough. Ooh, in oof. Uh, I I think I was picking it up when she said that. I was like, wait, did I miss something? Why are they talking about this? <laughs> nope. <sighs> nope. That riot scene, though. Was, going up the hill? Yeah. Yeah. I thought... Well, and, and going from the whole... Uh, like how it escalated from them trying to protest outside the police station to release Tom Tom Hayden, mm-hmm. and then they're like decked out in riot gear, and they're like, "Oh, we weren't expecting this." Oh, and when they go up to the bridges, and, and Dellinger is like, "Um, no, yeah, you should have expected this." Uh, <laughs> playing the dad the whole time, mm-hmm. um, and. And then they go back to the park, and while they were gone from the park, the police took over the park. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now we don't have any place to stay because most of these people were staying like in the park in tents um, because the city didn't um, approve a permit. Approve anything for them, yeah. Um, 
which that scene was pretty interesting with um Sasha Baron Cohen and Jer- Jeremy Strong's them two going to that guy, that permit guy, mm-hmm. and then Thomas Hayden and uh, Benny or whatever his name was, the little guy who got beat Rennie. up. Rennie. Um, We've called him like 10 different names. <laughs> um, And then they go mm-hmm. and they try to get a permit and like he keeps saying no. <laughs> and they, I, I just think that's a funny person to put on the stand and be like, this is your fault, dude. Like, <laughs> you fucked up. You had, like, three chances to realize that these... Because I think David Dellinger came as well and said, like, we yeah. need a permit. Um, and you're like, bro, But the prosecution's how... being, like... So they were told so numerous times that they didn't have a permit. Yeah. To basically, like, that being their point. And then Mark Rylance is like, so you decided yes. to make this into a dangerous situation. Essentially. Right. Your boss... Yeah advised you to and i think all of those even scenes... more than a sorry no you go well even a dangerous situation but also like you are refusing them their right to protest as well mm-hmm. like at the same time yeah so that's fair but i thought all of those scenes and i mean i said it earlier like they to, to me they feel kind of like a sorkin uh like Mm. special yeah. but all those scenes of the cross-cutting between like someone telling a story or you know someone someone talking and um like the event happening or, or, or some sort of action mm-hmm. were really really effective so like yeah them being on this him being on the stand and then cutting to all of the different times that 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 he was asked Right. worked really well and it's like a really smart yeah. way of getting all that information across but making yeah. it interesting like uh, right because like to make a like trials and maybe that's like a fun like puzzle almost for sorkin mm-hmm. because like trial scenes are generally so fucking boring Ooh, I love that them. it's almost it's almost like a challenge for sorkin i feel like to be yeah. like, how can I make this fun? You know, how can I make this like, why, like, interesting and like thrilling almost? Right. And he does it with crazy dialogue and and cross cutting to make things visually interesting as well. Right. And again, I don't, I don't want to keep shitting on Ma Rainey's, <laughs> but this very the way Sorkin writes is is like a play. Like it's really heavy on dialogue. It's really yeah. fast. It's it's it is a lot of monologues in, in a lot of times. But this movie is very cinematic. Yeah. And it's very visually interesting. So I'm guessing just saying <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> it can this go. could have been one location, but you know what it fucking wasn't. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but like the, I think it was also really, really, really impactful with the the riot scene, with them, like yeah. going through what happened, and then we see the shots, and then it's also like even, even more, uh, heightened because we're seeing the real footage. Yeah, and it was just really cool. Like all of those scenes, like they managed to make this movie like <laughs> it's like a courtroom drama, but also there's parts of it where you're like, this is a fucking action movie, and I am yeah. hyped and in <laughs> like. Yeah, when they've got like um, 
they're close a lot uh there were a few times where they're close up on um jeremy strong and they're uh like handy cam in it mm-hmm. so it's it's all uh jumbly and yeah like the the riot itself or like when it's not even a riot they're just <laughs> fighting on a hill because <laughs> like no one's breaking into places like i feel like a riot is a very has a very specific definition because it's like, like it's a... two riots technically right yeah like, separate two, i guess there's yeah there's, there's one on the instances. hill right and then there's one uh at the speech where rennie gets bludgeoned yeah thomas hayden says the says the wrong thing mm-hmm I was gonna make, I bet every English teacher is gonna show that scene and be like, see, grammar matters. <laughs> yeah. You don't use the, your possessive pronouns correctly. Guess what? People are gonna die. People are gonna die, and you're gonna go to prison. <laughs> and you're gonna go to prison. Property will be destroyed. So, yeah, this class does have real life implications, Natalie. <laughs> it's me as an English um, teacher. <laughs> like, oh really? Oh really? Sit back and sit back while I pull up iTunes. <laughs> mm, I guess he made a grammatical mistake and it led to people dying. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah the uh the nighttime riot was also pretty uh scary because it was at night. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> oh god. Oh, this is why we have a podcast because we have things to say. Points to make. We have points to make. The nighttime riot was scary because it was at night. <laughs> oh, oh man, sorry. <laughs> um, because <laughs> it was at night and they were prepared. The cops were like, they had, mm-hmm. they had fucking bulldozers with. Uh, that was so upsetting. With barbed wire yeah. on it. That's how is that elite or how is that legal? A lot That's of so fucked up. there was some, and then the, they like took their badges and name tags off. Yep, that was infuriating. Yep, they do. They did that uh, during the 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 riots in um, in Cleveland. They had um, the. Well, they masqueraded it as like a honoring the fallen police officer, but it was it was a black band around their badges. <laughs> All that does is cover up your number. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is a lot about this movie that feels like current, Con- which contemporary, yeah. Yeah, which feels depressingly relevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she got arrested. Yep. What's her name? The former cop. 
Well, that's good. <laughs> Baby steps, I guess. At one point, they were drinking Old Style, which is a Chicago beer. Oh. And I wrote, yay, we love Old Style. Anyway. In this house, we... In this house, in this house, we respect old style. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are crazy. <laughs> um, uh, I wrote Aaron Sorkin hates women. Tee hee hee. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what part that was during? Um, I think it was. It was just. I think it was out of nowhere. I was like, oh, I haven't seen a woman yet. Tee hee hee. The one scene I really liked. Um, oh, I mean, we've already talked about it. But this is um, this is right at my notes for the when Bobby Seal is being just tortured by mm-hmm. the guards at the court and by the judge. Mm-hmm. Um that's another instance of cross-cutting that worked really, really, oh really God. well. That It was so effective. Yeah. Like the silence in the courtroom and then just the sounds of him being beat up and like bound and gagged was so smart. The sound design was good too because yes. they obviously couldn't hear what was going on. Mm-hmm. So it was like, um, what is it? Situational irony or whatever where like, you as the audience know something that the characters don't. Mm-hmm. So that so when they bring him out, beat up and gagged, and their reaction is like you see it coming. So it kind of has like a different effect, right? And it's like, ooh. Um, and then the judge asks, like, basically he's like, "I'll take that gag out of your mouth if you promise not to like talk back." He says, do you give me assurance that, like, this won't happen again? And he shakes his head no. And I was like, yeah, don't give him assurance. Yeah, yeah don't give that motherfucker Fuck assurance. Fuck yeah, Bobby Seal. Yeah. And then that's when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, oh, too far. And they go up to the, <laughs> they go up to the um, bench. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, and then that's when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, there's literally a man bound and gagged in an American court. Like, yeah. This is ridiculous. And Mark Rylance is essentially is like, you're racist. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, um, God, the judge says something like, you are the first person in my... I, he says, I've lived a long time, and you're, and you're the, the first, first person, person in my life to to insinuate that I've, you know, been prejudiced against a black man. <laughs> and and the-, the other guy goes, well, let the record show that I'm the second. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, love that guy. I was oh that that scene really like that part got me really hype. I was like, that's such good like oh such good writing. Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) Uh, Because you just wanna you just wanna punch him in the face, that Mm -hmm. judge. God. Mm. After the Michael Keaton scene where they don't let him uh testify in front of the jury. Yeah. There's a very standard Sorkin scene of just all of them sitting in a room silently looking worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, drama. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's like every poster for the West Wing. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> and, the, and that's also when, um, what's his face? Eddie Redmayne hits the wall. <laughs> it was just such Jeez, a weird. It, it felt like, like the acting was so good. It was so good. But it did feel like in that scene, they were like, can you just, in, for this day, can you just hit the wall? We, we really want it for the trailer. Like, <laughs> and he was like, right. oh, it doesn't feel natural, but okay. But uh, I loved, so during the uh, Michael Keaton up on the stand scene, I loved how the judge was, had he had such like a dog with its tail between its legs kind of thing. For Michael Keaton, like right. he had so much respect, and like he was like, "Mr. Keaton, sir, <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold you in contempt of court if you keep going, and I don't want to do that." And then at the end, it shows Mark Rylance cause... like held in contempt of court sixty four times. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, we we didn't talk about the the text stuff at the end, um, which was mostly really sad yeah because <laughs> they're doing this like big like um he's reading all the names and it's this big victorious moment and they start with they literally get a standing ovation ovation yeah ovation while he, stay in while, an ovation <laughs> <laughs> while thomas hayden <laughs> is reading off all these names yeah and so it feels so victorious and they start out with the text they start out with all of them, like they got convicted, blah, 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 and then they had a retrial, but then the, that trial got passed on or whatever. I don't know. Um, they decided not to retry it, so they essentially were like, don't. Yeah. Um, and then the first person they kind of like, where are they nowed, was uh, Hayden. And they said, no, it wasn't. Who was it first? I don't know. But it might have uh, been Bobby. Jeremy Strong's. Oh yes, it was Bobby Seal. He was not. He was uh, found not guilty. For the yeah, murder. like you know this character that we forgot about forty minutes ago. We'll get him out of the way first. Wait, for, he's fine. Yeah. Update. He's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Jeremy Strong's character led a great life until nineteen ninety four when he got run over by a car. Well, he just was... for jaywalking. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I mean, he was jaywalking. I mean, he was jaywalking. I thought that was an interesting detail that they put in. But he was jaywalking. He was like, wait, he was hit by a car. Like, he was hit by a car near UCLA's campus. Yeah, because he was like giving a speech or something. And I was, how often do you get like actually killed? You know what I mean? Only once. Paralyzed. No, 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 no. <laughs> in instances usually, of getting usually, hit by a car. Usually only, you usually this. only I, happens I, once. Yeah, I know. I'm up on, on that part. But, um, like, usually you break, break a lot of bones. I mean, I get it that it's a serious thing, but how often do you die by getting hit by a car? Again, just once. I feel like you got to... You got to be going pretty fast. And then it's like, FBI? Maybe. Mm. They're sneaky. Mm. Um, and then Sasha Baron Cohen's character, so he dead. wrote a book called Steal This Book. Yeah, which, which I want to read. great. Yep. Yes. 
uh, and I'll definitely steal it. I mean, I won't. Um, <clears throat> to the FBI listeners. Um, and then he committed suicide, like, a year later. It said he could, in 1989, is that right? Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Because, <laughs> I don't know. He seemed like a very cool guy. He doesn't seemed... deserve that. No one does. No, of course not. He seemed like too smart. Really smart. Yeah. 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 It seems like one of those almost too smart for your own good because then you, you realize how fucked up everything is. How? Yeah. <laughs> he seemed like a no, person uh... that was like, oh, the whole system's broken and no one's <laughs> oh. listening to me on how to fix it. Mm. <laughs> hmm. Mm. but yeah that was uh, that was sad um and then and then uh, thomas hayden went for congress did it got reelected like six times mm-hmm. was so he married, got his elections was married to jane fonda for a very long time thomas hayden yes why <laughs> I'm assuming they fell in love. <laughs> what do you mean, why? Wow. <laughs> no, no, explain that question to me. What do you... <laughs> I... <laughs> How would they have met? How would he have... Because he was in California, How... and she's an activist. I... Okay, all right. I'm so sorry their life choices don't like meet your <laughs> approval, Tyler. I meant why for Jane Fonda. All right. Why? <laughs> and that was it. They didn't sh- they didn't tell us what happens to David Dellinger. They didn't tell us what happened to Rennie Davis. Did they tell us what happened to the... No, they told us what happened to Mark Rylance. Oh, did they? Well, they said he, say? he was held in contempt. He had oh, like 64 charges right. of... I think it was like 24. I thought it was 64. I feel like 64 would be a l- like a lot. And also like... I guess over point, six months. Yeah, it was a long trial. And I guess at that point, like, just make it 69. It's funnier. Yeah, <laughs> come on, guys. You have a sense of humor. You know. Yeah. No, I get that. Do you want to get into the Oscar stuff? Sure. In the promising young woman episode, uh, you said so Oscars, and so that's what that that's what this uh, segment is called. Oh. So Oscars. So. Oscars. <laughs> um, it's nominated for six, um, which is one more than Promising Young Woman, which um, I think is a choice. <laughs> um, best motion picture of the year. Um, Mark Platt produced it. Mark Platt is Ben Platt's dad. Whoa. Yeah, he also produced La La Land and a bunch of other things. Um, oh. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role for Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> He's French. 
<laughs> Are we sure he's not French? I, I, I think so. <clears throat> All right. I mean, fine. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. If I choose to believe it. Um, uh, best original screenplay by Aaron Sorkin. Best achievement in film editing by Alan Baumgarten. Um, best achievement. Baumgarten. <laughs> Baumgarten. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy accents in this movie. There's a lot of crazy accents in this episode. <laughs> it all um, comes together. I can't get ready for this next thing. <laughs> best- <laughs> Best Achievement in Cinematography by Fiden Papa Michael. <laughs> Papa Michael. Yeah. Papa Michael. <laughs> God. There's a lot of ways you could pronounce that first name. Uh, Fiden? Faden? Fedden? Fedden? Fiden. Fedon. Fedon. <laughs> But there's only one way to pronounce the last name, which is Papa Michael. Papa Michael. <laughs> um, and then best achievement in music written for motion pictures. Original song. Oh. So it's best original song. It's not score. It's just written in a dumb way. Um, <laughs> for the song is called Hear My Voice. Where, where and when does that play? I don't know. We should... <laughs> We should play Credits it right me. now. <laughs> Put in a drop of the song right here. Okay, well, right, <clears throat> right here. Wow, Breaks, so wow. Really good. Wow. Good song. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good, great song. Good song. Best song. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Also, hear my voice again, like, feels like a parody of, like, the Oscar nominated <laughs> song. You're you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, and there's a part I we forgot to mention it, but there's a part where we I forgot to mention it. I'll take responsibility. Where um <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is talking about like the hundred thousand dollars. Like, would you have oh, taken a yeah. hundred thousand dollars to not yeah. get this permit? Or to like not have this protest? And he's just like, No. And then they're like, How much does this like cost? To you oh, yeah and he goes my life and i was like also that moment could be cut into the parody like it just felt like that moment felt pretty cheesy <laughs> i think he acted it well yeah i think it's more of a writing thing what's your price my life <laughs> cheese yeah <clears throat> all right <laughs> we ready for some do rotten you- reviews well do you think what do you think? Chicago? This is the last time we get to do this. Mm, oh, right. God. What do you think it's most... What do you think it's the best shot it's got? I think best original screenplay. Okay. Um, Because it's won that at other things. I also think Aaron Sorkin is like kind of uh, loved by the Academy. And I do think this mm. is really, you know, well written. Like the way it goes back and forth between the timelines is really smart. And I honestly think any um true story historical 
film that is interesting and relevant in the time in which it's being made is really impressive. Mm. Yeah. Um, I Did... still personally would give it to Promising Young Woman. Yeah, me too, probably. Um, did Black Klansman win for screenplay? I know mm -hmm. it was nominated. It did. It yeah, that was like one of the only ones it won for, right? Yeah. I don't think it won very many. It got nominated for quite a few. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a similar thing where it's very relevant and very. Um, I think being able to do that good. is so impressive because I I think it's so easy to make a based on a true event historical thing that's just so fucking boring. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I yeah. watched it because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a history lesson. Right. And this is this is really entertaining. Um, yeah. And then I also think Sasha Baron Cohen will probably win for uh, Best Supporting yeah, Actor. Yeah, for supporting. Yeah, and I think it was... I don't know was, who he's up against, but... Um, he, Daniel... Um, oh, Kaluuya. Yeah. And... Isn't Lakeith Stanfield also in supporting? I mean, now I need to look it up. <laughs> I think they both got put in supporting, which I mean, is a bummer because Daniel Kaluuya is uh, definitely the lead of that movie. Maybe I'm wrong and he's not supporting. I really thought he was. No, he is. He He's definitely supporting. I, I just don't know yeah. if Lakeith. Yeah, he is. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami and Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. Is Paul Racy an older guy? Yes. Oh, okay. So I know which character. That was a good movie. <clears throat> I haven't seen it yet. I honestly think that like, I, I mean, they put people in categories like based on where they think they have the better chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, that's just like that's what they do, because like even yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, he's he's not really supporting; he's lead. If you think yeah. of like time he's in this, he's in it the same amount as and, any other character. Um, yeah, but I think that there's no question that this that lead actor is going to Chadwick Boseman, right? Because he was great in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, but also to like honor him yes i i think there's no i think there's no world in which best <laughs> actor do. does not go to chadwick boseman and i do think it's deserved but i think that's why you have um so many people in supporting actor that yeah right could be lead they knew right yeah did you see they're gonna make a documentary about chadwick boseman no but i love that yeah they well they just announced it today so well sorry i'm not uh, up on it <laughs> No, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just going to be like about his life and about his career. Yeah, that'll be cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, other than that, I, the song might win. I don't remember it, but I kind of feel like it <laughs> yeah, won. I didn't even know it was a, an original. I kind of feel like it won at um, the Golden Globes. But also, I'm not going to lie to you, Husevic from Eurovision is nominated, which... Ooh, baby. Which is a great song. Yeah, it I is. was kind of pissed it wasn't at like any of the other award shows, but I'm, I'm thrilled it got an Oscar nom, and I am really hoping that's what wins. 
Oscar-nominated movie. Eurovision. Eurovision. Eurovision oh Song Contest, God. the story of Fire Saga. <laughs> that That's great. That movie is genuinely good. <laughs> like, I really liked that movie. I watched that movie <laughs> thinking it was going to be so stupid, and I, cr- yeah. I like, cried. It was also yes. so funny. It was... It was so funny, and it was so like heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, I so uh, I I am pulling for Eurovision to be the Oscar winning movie. Yeah, Eurovision. Yeah. Um, Another Netflix original. You know what I mean? Also, I think the, about the line, "You are not a very helpful ghost," all the time. <laughs> I already know I that about you're that not a helpful ghost. <laughs> oh man! So. I don't, what are you thinking for? Oscars? Um, I think this was a bad plan because I you're probably just going to be right. You know what I mean? Oh, having me go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I I don't think it's going to get that like best picture. Um, although didn't it, it got best picture quote unquote at some other award shows i'm pretty sure it might have it might have at the golden globes maybe but the or golden maybe even something more like random yeah the golden globes don't matter <laughs> can't stress other people enough when people freak out about golden globes nominations, i'm like they are literally pointless um <laughs> glee but, has um, golden globes calm down <laughs> uh I think the film editing is strong. It's not nominated, though, is it? Yeah, Alec Baumgarten. Mm, okay, Baumgarten. Well, forgot something I just said. Yeah, I was, film editing, I think, is a possibility too. Yeah, especially I feel because like it was strong. Like, it should obviously get a nomination for sure. Especially because um, aren't a lot of war films. Oh right, right. and that's. And by the way, thank God. <laughs> so tired of it. <laughs> oh, I was not tired in 1917. Holy yeah, well, for sure. For sure. Ooh. And that's fair. Um, Yeah, I could see it getting editing. Yeah. I don't, probably not cinematography. Um, Sorry, Papa Michael. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see it, you know? Like it looked good, but I, don't know. I think that's fair. Um, and then I gotta give it to Eurovision for the song. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, Eurovision. <laughs> I think like Mank will probably get cinematography. I think Mank or Nomadland, mm. but I would say Mank because it's black and white and like it's a bold choice. Um, sure. And I think I feel like I haven't seen it, but just like knowing the oscars the way i do um <laughs> i feel like no man land will probably get best picture along with best director mm. yeah and that's usually how it goes who gets best director gets um best picture right often um do you want to do no Medland and or Mank next next week. I sure do. Uh, do you want to do both of them <laughs> next or week? Or do you want to do? No, no, no. Tyler. I mean, like, 
Oh, oh God. Four hour podcast. No. People um, would riot. <laughs> in the streets of it would, Chicago. And then it would be the trial of the Chicago Cleveland 2. Indeed. Um, no, uh, like just in general. Yes. Like, I do. do you want to? Okay. Okay. Both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, because what else? What else is there that we're like missing? I mean, Judas and the we, Black Messiah, but we missed the deadline to watch it. I did watch it. Okay, cool. Good for you. <laughs> um, but yes, we did. Um, it is no longer on HBO Max. Pieces of a Woman. Oh yeah, One I Night in Miami. Oh, I I did watch that. I heard not great things. Is it? <laughs> I, from what I've heard, I think I'd have very similar opinions to Ma Rainey's. Yep. Yeah. Yes, you so, would. And no one wants to hear that again. I keep bringing it up, and I am sorry, and I I understand that most things I say are wrong. <laughs> it was more like fun, though. It was yeah. just it was it was very interesting to see those like titans talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, you know love I mean? Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, love, and I love Regina yeah. King, who directed it. Yeah, which crazy. Yeah, someone who I think she's, is a genius. <laughs> so she's just she has to be just so talented. Because there are some people that are too talented, and it's like infuriating. And she's yeah. one of them. But anytime she does something, I just feel so excited. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. It's um, God, who was talking about Bo Burnham? We were last uh, week. Yes, correct. It might have been actually on another podcast I listened to. Uh, he was talking about how like he does podcasting and is on social media all the time, and he has found a level of, of success with that. And but he 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 was talking about how like he wishes that he could be like Bo Burnham, where Bo Burnham just kind of goes underground for a couple years. And works on like his next masterpiece, and then yeah. comes out, shares it with the world, and then goes back in. <laughs> He's like, that would be, that would be the life. Because um, man, he really does. Eighth grade, woo. Yeah. Jeez. Sound of Metal. Oh yeah. See, I watched one. that too. And then, I feel like that's not my fault what? that you watched them. No, no. I'm- <laughs> I feel like you knew we were doing Oscar movies. Now I bring them up and you're like, well, I've already seen it. I'm like, well, no, no. We, can, we can. We knew. You knew this is what we were doing. Yeah. Um, I watched Sound of Mel a long time ago, though. That and then like... there's also The Father, but that's not really. That doesn't have that many nominations. I mean, we'll still probably watch it eventually. Minari. But that's also hard to. Yes. I saw that, but I had to, like, buy a screener ticket. Right, because there's also movies that, like, I feel like we don't want to do because if there are people listening, and I'm not saying that there are, I don't want to be presumptuous. <laughs> we don't want to make them, like, pay $20 to understand yeah. what we're talking about. Right. Which yeah. is why I think well, we should maybe do Make because it is on Netflix. Right, and Nomadland is on Hulu. So. Yeah, so then it's just, like, simple. Easy. Easy for people to play along. For sure. So, Rotten Reviews? So, Oscars? No, yes. Rotten Reviews, yes. How dare you? 
<laughs> Try to cut That's out how my you segment. Um, oh, I thought you were trying to skip to how many Oscars would you give it? I'm oh, sorry. No, no, I deeply no, apologize. No, no. I deeply apologize. That is my bad. <laughs> I'll never forgive myself. Okay, so first is by Jack R. <clears throat> March 10th, 2021. Aaron Sorkin has really gone downhill. A narcissistic take on a bunch of whining criminals. Stick with Borat, Sasha. Hmm. One star. Jack R. R. for Republican. <laughs> that, that seemed to be lots of the reviews where people just being like, I liked Vietnam. Uh... <laughs> that seemed to be the take i had a fun time over there yeah oh, geez. <laughs> all right this one is craig b october 18th 2020 commie b prop for bureaucrat <clears throat> commie propaganda most of this movie is fiction very loosely based of factual events events half star wow all right <laughs> And the third one, October 18th, 2020. Better than watching reruns of Family Feud, two stars. <laughs> I hope whoever this man is, he puts that review on anything. <laughs> that he thinks is better than watching reviews of Family Feud. Yeah. Like that's his, oh, that'd be a, a great ranking system to have like a funny quip for each star rating. Yeah. Like two like two stars. Better than watching reruns of Family Feud. Three stars. A fun movie with dinner. <laughs> yep, keep going. Four stars. I'd ignore my girlfriend for a week to watch this movie. Wow, a week? I don't know. Just for four, four stars. Four stars, you really like it. Maybe that's the five star one. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just have a shitty Or it's relationship. a four-star scale. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> this is just a cry for help. It's just a guy who's... All of them are hey. like... <laughs> zero stars. I'd actually hang out with my girlfriend. And... <laughs> <laughs> One star. It's like... better than my girlfriend. Um constantly asking me when i'm gonna get a job <laughs> two stars it's better than watching reruns of family feud with my girlfriend <laughs> four oh, stars God. i gladly ignore my girlfriend for a week to watch this movie five stars five i'd stars. kill my girlfriend <laughs> five stars i will end my relationship <laughs> if i had to choose between this movie and my relationship i'd choose this movie yeah all right and all of them just get five stars <laughs> Throwing out a lot of perfect scores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what I've done? We've what had a, done? we've had a big goof. Oh no. I done goofed. You goofed it? I done I done I done goofed. I forgot to look up a, a real review. Oh. <laughs> but you know what I'm gonna oh. say? What are you gonna say? I don't think a lot of people make it to this part of the episode. <laughs> I think anyway. that's probably fair. So We'll skip it. That's all right. That's all right. That's We're, honestly we, we the talked most a lot about this movie. Work that I have to do in setting this up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, what's your professional review of it? You know, <clears throat> I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I think it's it's valid to be included in the Oscars this year. Um, I think there are also a lot of valid criticisms of it. Um, overall, I think it's really enjoyable. Um, but here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I think I'd feel more fulfilled if I had just binged like four episodes of the West Wing. Hmm. Like in the really dramatic season arc. Yeah. Um so I guess that's my review. This is a great movie, but also like just watch the West Wing. <laughs> um and I guess I'm gonna give it seven Oscars. Okay. Um I did really like it. I think it's really good. I, I was in a if you couldn't tell I was like in a crazed state <laughs> while watching <laughs> and doing this podcast. <laughs> so I don't know. I thought it was good. Yeah. What about you? I'd probably give it like an eight. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I liked it a lot. I think uh, even um, like watching it the second time, <laughs> well, I had forgotten enough. That's for sure. <laughs> I had forgotten enough. Um. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> enough. <laughs> enough. Um. Aaron Sorkin's just patting himself on the back for that. <laughs> like, that high tier goof. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, I really like the dialogue. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun, the intense moments. Um, and I, I like a true story. I, I, I love a true story because you know what? Uh, school didn't teach me much. So you like that commie propaganda? I do. God, I love it. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, and thanks thanks to the um, elite, you know, leftists running Hollywood. Mm, the liberal elite, mo- yeah. Yeah, most of... Get out of your most bubble. Of the movies, <laughs> most of the movies are comedy propaganda, which is fun for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love the acting. Love the... A lot of, I mean, lot, a lot of men, but they're all good actors. They are good actors. A lot of accents. Uh, a lot of accents. A lot of accents. Maybe that's where it kind of comes down. I, did, I feel bit. like I was just waiting for Sasha Baron Cohen to be like, I've got a need for more cowbell. <laughs> and yeah, maybe that was me trying to do an impression and then realizing <laughs> about two words in that I can't do that impression and then giving up. Maybe that was what that was, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> and we don't have to that's fair um i recommend big recommend yeah haven't seen it it's on netflix easy peasy it's oh so easy man do they love throwing the the oscar nominated little sticker on there don't they yeah they have like a fil- they have like a laurel yeah <laughs> like a film fest laurel which made me laugh because i was like i do that but i don't have any clout <laughs> I do that, but that's because I'm desperate for attention. Absolutely. Um. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, which do you want to do next week, Mank or Nomadland? Um, I'm kind of feeling Mank. Okay. Another Netflix. Netflix getting all the love these days. And you know why Hulu's interface sucks. 
God, it's so terrible. <laughs> what were they thinking? Who's, who's over there Hulu. running that shit? Yeah. Hulu angers me. <laughs> My God. So the more we can put it off, the better. Get it get it together. Um, Did you hear about this Knives Out situation with Netflix? No. So Knives Out, um, my favorite movie of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, it's getting at least two sequels, but the only returning character will be Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc. Oh, okay. So it's just him on another case. I like that. Which is incredible. I, yeah. That is... That is the perfect way to do a sequel to to that yes. to that movie. Hundred percent. And so but Netflix bought the rights to both of both of the greenlit sequels. Mm-hmm. So they will be coming directly to Netflix when they release. And I don't know if they're going to get any theatrical release and it's really bumming me out. <laughs> Because part of why that movie was so good was because I saw it in a theater. It was really fun to see, yeah, with people. With people and... Big screen. The the big screen is because, like, do you remember the first shot of that movie? Mm-mm. I've seen it uh, enough times to know exactly. It's a shot of the house real, real dimly, like, kind of on a cloudy day, and it's real kind of mm-hmm. creepy. And... It starts. It's it's like a black screen, and then it pops in with the with the shot of the house, and a violin goes right. So it's like real abrupt. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the the orchestra starts playing this real dramatic music, and in slow motion, the two dogs, you know, those two dogs that that yeah. pop up throughout the movie, are running in slow motion across the yard, like kind of towards the camera, and it's just like, what are we getting into? <laughs> It's crazy. Um, my plan, and and we can't really talk about it that long. We've already been talking for too long. <laughs> my plan to start this episode was to play um, uh, "See You Again" by uh, Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Mm-hmm. Um, as just a little ode to our fallen friend, um, ArcLight Cinemas. Yeah, yeah. It's really my favorite movie theater. I've, That's where I would go in Chicago. I don't think I've ever been to an ArcLight Ooh, they or don't Pacific. Let pe- they don't let people in after the movie started. They have someone come out and say, like, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. And, like, give you a little now seating. intro to it. Like, one of the ushers comes out and, like, he's like, please enjoy this viewing of Knives Out. Blah, 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 blah. Directed by this person, whatever. I really like the ArcLight. That's so fun. And they had so, the um, uh, super famous Cinerama Dome in LA. Yeah. Uh, which will also not be reopening. Um, yeah. And that was like a really, really famous theater that like a lot of premieres still happened at. And like apparently, I know you don't like it, but Tarantino films his movies to be shown at the Cinerama Dome. Which I don't know what that means per se. 
<laughs> I know. I just made a face. I was like, I don't get it. But he takes careful, you know, calculations. Or I don't know. I don't know. But he he shoots his movies to be shown specifically at the Cinerama Dome, and it just kind of doesn't exist anymore. It's it's very sad, and yeah. um, I'm choosing to blame HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. They did say that in 2022 they're going back to normal. Yeah, they say that now. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not like it matters because the 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 the. The time By that point, between the theaters will have, <laughs> yeah, gone collapsed. Out um, but the time the time between uh, like release in theaters and release on streaming is like two weeks now. It's yeah. I mean, it's it, I I hate it. Yeah, my dad, <laughs> my dad wanted to watch um Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but like it's on my it's my HBO Max account. Mm-hmm. I was it was pretty feisty, and I said, "No, we're not watching that because we're not supporting the at demise of theaters." Also, and he was like, "How what? recently <laughs> was that?" Because uh, it's already off. This was over Christmas. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. He was like, "Oh, let's watch, let's watch a movie, let's watch Wonder Woman." Well, I like it. And I said, "Not, not on my HBO Max account. We won't." <laughs> we will <laughs> not he, be participating. He thought I was being ridiculous, and I said, "Nope, I'm." I'm taking, uh, I'm finally taking a moral stand. <laughs> I'm doing my part. For the, first, for the first time, I was like, although I didn't want to watch it, but I was like, um, <laughs> not in my house, not on the subscription I pay for. <laughs> you, honestly, you saved yourself two and a half hours because that movie. I heard it sucked. Oh my God. It was so long for no reason. That's what I've been saying about all movies. But it was like no reason. I've been that's what I've been saying. And Pedro Pascal kind of overacts his role and the way they bring back uh Chris Pine is really dumb and weird and could have been really simple but they had to Isn't really Isn't he dead? Explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like it's kind of like fucked up what they do because um oh i think i did kind of hear about this chris pine comes back but he comes back in the body it's his soul in in someone else's body someone who exists in the 80s right who's alive sure so he wakes up in this dude's apartment in this dude's like body so this man who knows where his soul went is it just well, floating around? Is it in there? Went just into like a cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could have gone into a cat. It based could've... on what Pixar has told us, it went to, into a cat. Right, 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 right. Solstice. Um, and it's that's just... a movie we could do for this podcast. That movie rules. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um, uh, and God, Pixar's just showing off at this point. Yeah, we get it. We get how good you are at animation you yeah. really the the more sunsets you put in there the more water effects you put in there the more particle effects you put in there you know right we get it you're masters you've mastered it we understand but anyway uh steve steve uh trevor comes back to life via this other man 
and Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor immediately have sex. Sure. Using this man's body without his consent. Yeah, I, that that's some tricky territory to go into. Especially because, like, if maybe this guy's just kind of, like, in the get-out-sunken place. He's watching everything happen. Oh, no. You don't know if his soul has been completely evicted. Maybe he's just in a state of horror, not knowing why he can't control his body. It's pretty yeah. messed up. All the, and, and, and they're literally dealing with magic. They could have just been like, He's alive. He he's back. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. she could have turned a corner, a street corner in New York or wherever the hell she is, and he's just there. And he's like, you know, Diana, right? And she's like, Steve. And then they can also, go have sex. Does that mean Chris Pine wasn't in it? No, he. That's okay. They explain it away because he. They do this like weird like three sixty cut of him, and then it like passes behind something and then it's and then oh it's chris pine now and she's like it really is you and he's like he's talking about his body at one point this body that he's in and she's like all i see is you and it's like okay so it's like um like uh crazy ex-girlfriend when they recast like it's like the opposite they like recast um (laughs) what's his name yeah greg and then it's like, well, you see people differently. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Anyway. Anyway. Give it a bow. Give it a bow. Give it a bow tonight. Tonight. <laughs> Is that how we end the podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> no one listens this far, so it might as well be. Shabadoo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, follow us on social media or don't <laughs> if they did you, want to you already know you already know they don't make me do. say it it's cordial <laughs> don't make me say it's cordial. it it's, it's cordial and I'm at Tyler's uh, new groove the podcast is at filmschool.fm we've got a tiktok now um it'd be nice if any one of you assholes would just leave us a review. <laughs> I think uh, genuinely everyone who listens has. Mm, no, you know what? Here's the thing. There are four reviews. Okay. There are 20 five-star ratings. Hmm. And I'm no math expert. <laughs> but I don't think everyone... That has liked it, has given us a review. Hmm. You might be right. And I, who's to say? You know, I don't. I'm not. The like last I time said. I took a math class was in 2014. <laughs> hmm. 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 Well, just saying, it's curious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Go to bed. Don't tell me what to do. 
I'm gonna watch whose line is it anyway. And... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Where is that catalog? HBO man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Full circle. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next week. Uh, we're gonna be watching Mank. It's on Netflix. Get Mank. after it. Mank. Mank. And and cut. <clears throat>